welcome to Herding Code. It is July 31, 2020. On the one hand, holy cow, the year is like getting closer to done. On the other hand, will this year ever end? Yeah, I can the year just be over? <laughs> can we just be done? Wow, yes. It is... <laughs> <laughs> I think I mentioned before the podcast I wasn't going to be salty. I think I lied. <laughs> yeah. Guys, okay, this is the bad place. The year will never yes. end. You know, on the one hand, so it was looking, it was since April we talked last and we did the Freaky Friday episode where we talked about the trading trading spaces, Mac and, and Windows and all that. And then I was like, man, on the one hand, has much changed? I mean, because it's like nerds in captivity. What do we do? It's not actually that different from nerds not in captivity, sadly. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> All right. Has anyone else? We just we have to cross this off the list. Who here has made a loaf of sourdough bread? <laughs> okay, I've made enough for everybody. I've made all the sourdough bread. We just well, ship it out, man. Send us some. <laughs> yeah, I know. Wait, where's my Where's my bread, man? <laughs> so it was like after a while, my and I, I have three daughters, and they're getting bored too. And so the middle one kind of gets into baking. So I was like, all right, let's try it out. And, you know, and then it's totally the nerd rabbit hole. Once you start, then you're like, oh, I really need a Dutch oven now, and now now I need this. <laughs> but it's pretty fun. I. Halfway through, I realized like I, there's this website, Breadtopia, and there's this no-need bread recipe. And it's actually like it's most of the work – like you do maybe about a half hour of work, but it's spread over two days. So you could like go mix ingredients, you walk away for hours, and then you come back and you like flip it around, and then you come back, and then you put it in the oven, you walk away. So it's a lot of walk-away, come-back stuff. But, but the one thing I realized after a while is that it was not very sour. And then I started reading and there was all these hacks you could do. But then people are like, you know, sourdough you buy from the store has some sort of acid in it. It's citric acid or lactic acid, some sort of acid. So I just started putting white wine vinegar in. And then I had to like mess with the chemistry and I had to change around the ingredients and stuff. But that totally worked. Then everyone's like, this is the best ever. So don't tell my family I'm putting white wine vinegar in the sourdough and we're all good. Yeah, you know, it reminds me of making because you know bread and beer are very similar. Ah, you're and, right. Yeah, and so I used to be a huge. I haven't brewed beer in a very long time, but I remember going to the store and they're like, "Well, you know, if you if you can't get that bitterness you're looking for, here's some extract. You know, mm-hmm. or if you can't get the aroma, here, just drop a few drops of this. It's you know, and I'm like, wait, that's <laughs> that's it's- cheating. It's totally cheating, and yet. <laughs> but if the yeah, and yet, right? If the beer tastes good and people yeah. drink it and they like it, so who cares? I don't know. That reminds me in a Malcolm Gladwell book. I forget what it was, but it was one of these things where they're like they did these taste tests and they had some kind of beer taste test and they put in balsamic vinegar into some of them, and people like picked the balsamic vinegar as like much better beer, and it like just had a few drops of. so i don't even know yeah i think the most like san francisco story i heard through this covid period is some some dude was like going all over san francisco leaving sourdough starter packets (laughs) randomly scattered around the city Uh, it's pretty amazing stuff it's like i've i've seen videos people take like completely like abandoned cultures that have been in the back of their refrigerator for months you know and they'll awaken it and it's like i don't even know yeah 
our version of it is we got an ice cream maker, which is even less healthy than making your own bread. <laughs> so we've been kind of experimenting a little bit, although we haven't gotten too crazy yet. So, so I ran into Nick Molnar in the before times in uh, Montreal. I was at, at Node, what was it? Node JS Interactive up there, and and I forgot that he is like crazy, like trained chef, like really good and. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'm cooking some stuff for Christmas. He's like, you know, I told him, and it was some, like, just simple thing, you know. And, and he was, like, visibly disappointed. And he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm just making ice cream. But he had, like, three different ice creams, and each one had, like, a savory and a sweet component. And, I mean, he'd, like, obviously planned out this very in-depth system. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, ice, cream, I, ice cream's good. I, I had a really fun experience. I mean, I know this podcast is supposed to be about technical stuff and we're supposed to That's get right. into it, but you know what? This is, this is the human aspect of it, but you know what? If someone can gain some value from this, hooray. So my buddy, my buddy and I were going to make some burgers one night and I said, well, you know, I've always wanted to make a burger on a skillet and he's got a really good set of skillets, you know, like the black, you know, just super cured over the last million years. And I'm like, I'm going to make a burger on that. And so I go online and I'm like, I'm going to look at the perfect burger tutorial. Like, how do you make it? And of course, I find my favorite chef, Gordon Ramsay. And he's got this YouTube video called the perfect burger tutorial. And so I watched it. And amazingly, for the burger fans out there, he did not make it in a skillet. He made it on a barbecue. And anyway, the reason I'm saying all this is I, I kind of watched this whole thing, what he was doing, the ingredients he used. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to take myself to the store and I'm going to buy this beef. I'm going to put an egg in it because he recommends putting an egg in like a, what is it? Two pounds of beef. Mm. And then I'm going to like get this cheese and do all the things he did. Salt and pepper. That's all he uses for, for seasoning. And I did exactly what he recommends doing. And I swear, I'm not kidding about it. My friend, my, this buddy, this guy I was making a burger with. He is a huge meat fan. He's got like a $2,500 smoker. He spends, I mean, hours and hours ma oh. like making meat every single week. Seriously. Yeah. And so I was like, listen, I'm going to make, I'm going to try and make this burger. I'm just going to go get some stuff from our local market and don't beat me up, but I'm going to do my best. And he's like, all right, you know, whatever, you know, little lamb, go have a good time. So I did. And he swears to me, it's the best burger he's ever had in his life. And wow. I was just like, I, well, the funny part is I'm not, I don't, I'm not a big burger person. You know what I mean? I somehow just stumbled into this. Anyway, I left you a link here in chat. So if you want to put it on the post, sure. it's, yep. it's literally took me, I want to say 30 minutes from start to finish. And I mean, my, my kid has said this to me, best burger I've ever had in my life. My buddy said this to me, I'm like, really? Because <laughs> like, that's a pretty big thing just for someone to say that. So anyway, I, wow. I thought since we're talking about food, I made a damn good hamburger, you know, and I'm proud of myself. Well done. It's, it is funny how much like a lot of these things come down to really simple, like the bread that I made is like three ingredients, you know, and then last week we made mozzarella and it's four ingredients. And, and a lot of it is like, doing the process and, and YouTube, it's hard to beat YouTube for this stuff. You know, like yeah, I've used well, I was going to say, right. When it's Gordon Ramsay, I mean, he, he kind of <laughs> stares at you through the thing. And he's like, if you make a burger any other way, I will come find you and kill you. <laughs> <laughs> true. True. 
Yeah, I mean, I've used, I mean, it's, it's, you know, cliche at this point, but I used YouTube recently to repair, you know, leaking gaskets in, in my espresso machines. You use it for fixing dishwashers and everything. So why not cooking too? But it really does make a difference as long as it's not the long, boring, you know, yep. people want to talk a little too much. Just get yeah. to the point. <laughs> Speaking of. <laughs> <laughs> this is supposed to be a tech podcast, right? I mean, it's oh, I guess so. about food. I know. What's happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Ke- Kevin did point out there's been there was a, a Mac, there was an Apple event, an Apple developer event. What do we call them now? WWDCs. <laughs> there was a thing. Oh, John. This is oh, the guy John. who's on the Visual changed. Studio for Mac team, right? Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, I watched it. There was a Mac thing. <laughs> I watched it. I didn't get the tattoo. They, they made this. <laughs> so oh, now we got to do stuff for ARM. We got to do some ARM stuff. Arm, That's good. Like ARM templates, like Azure templates, Azure resource uh, no. ARM no. chips. ARM yeah. chips. It's a thing mm. now. No, no. Apple oh. Silicon, John. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. No, I was just... Are you uh, excited for this? Yeah. Me? I, oh. Who, me? No. Everyone's <laughs> excited. I guess it's better battery life, right? That's a good thing. I don't know. Yeah, we don't know. That's the big question. We don't, we don't know what it means. Yeah. Aside from the fact that it's going to be screaming fast. Yeah. True. So so there, there's been a Windows... Windows on ARM thing for a while, but you know, I kind of generally follow along, but I, I don't know how much stuff works on it. And people are like, you know, getting things working on it with, with the Mac, the Apple Silicon, they have Rosetta, which kind of does some cross compiling thing, which seems pretty smart. So that I, I do know from the VS Mac team, that's the, at least original plan is like, make sure everything works with that. Right. So you have to get the dev kit, which is basically a Mac mini, and you know with the new silicon and you test on that but yeah you know i would would ask you if you guys are using those but i don't think you're allowed to say so (laughs) what using the mac minis yeah the the the, the dev kits the so i'm personally i'm not on the i'm not an engineer so i'm i'm not i don't have one maybe i could talk someone into getting me one at one point at some point but they're like i think they're about a thousand bucks no they're 500 bucks 500? All right. Yeah, I'll but you don't get to it. keep it. You got to send it back. So. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was just telling, for those out there listening, I was just telling Kevin and John that right now my computer hasn't slept. Actually, like, you know, when you close the lid, like your computer goes to sleep. I use a MacBook Pro 16 inch. My computer hasn't slept in two weeks because every time I would try and wake from sleep, it would kernel panic. And it's the, akin to the blue screen of death in Windows. And I kind of got tired of... Uh, Having to force reboot my machine every wow. time I open the damn lid. So right, come to find out, this is a deal. It's a software glitch as opposed to a hardware one, which is good. And so, there's good news and bad news here. You know, the good news is Apple engineering is pretty good about dealing with things. The bad news is sometimes it takes a while for the uh, update to roll out. And so, <laughs> as I was is trying it, to t- go ahead, which is it? Uh, is it which year MacBook is it? Last year. So it's brand 2019, because I got a 16 2019 and I'm running Catalina. Yeah. Yeah. I don't Weird. know. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. Um, 
it, it, it apparently just kind of affects certain machines somewhere. Mm. But anyway, I just checked as I was sitting here preparing like to tell you all this story. I looked at the uh, software update in the control panel <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going through this like, oh, this update, you know, includes bug fixes, whatever. So this is the 10.15.6 update. And one of their bullet points is that it fixes an issue where the computer name may change after installing a software update. <laughs> I'm like, nice. okay, I'm sorry. What year is this? What are we doing? What? How is this possibly a bug? How are you going to change the name of my machine? No. Can you fix? Can you just fix the thing where my machine will freaking blue screen? Oh my God. Wonderful. Anyway, computers. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Kevin, help. What's happening? I don't know. I'd be pretty pissed at that one. <laughs> is it? Is it like you because you're plugged into an external monitor or you're like have some weird peripherals or I have a feeling it's probably like a configuration I got going, which is yes, I have two external monitors and it's probably trying to reconcile something. And I was reading something on the forums where they're like, Oh, it's a threading issue and there's a race condition deep inside the GPU, blah, 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 blah. You know, it makes sense, I guess, right? Because Computers are hard, and then concurrency is triple hard, and so right, so you end up. Yeah, with but these concurrency weird bugs. shouldn't rename your computer. I, how do you? Guess? <laughs> just, what? Just, I know. I'm like, <laughs> I, I, if something's renaming your computer, I guarantee it's being renamed to the developer who worked on the, the oh, bug fix. <laughs> they, you know, not uh, to beat up on Apple too much. I mean. They deserve to be beat up on. I don't want to stand here and defend. But at the same time, two weeks ago, I got this notice on my Windows machine that says this build of Windows is going to expire on July 31st. And I'm like, what? <laughs> can can my operating system literally expire? <laughs> like, I'm new to this. It goes bad, like like cheese or like, eggs. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, like, what does that mean, expire? And it's, so I had to ping some people internally, right? I'm like, hey, so if I get this message, and like, well, click on more info. What does it tell you? And so I click on more info and it leads me to a 404 page. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. okay. <laughs> so my solution to this is always run the latest of everything. And then it's uh, not going to expire. I tried. And so the funny thing is, and this is the best part of the whole story. So like internally <laughs> we have, you know, we have tech support and IT and whatever. So I like I'm pinging these people and it's amazing the level of support we have internal, which is lovely. And so I pinged a person over Teams and I said, here's the problem. And they said, oh, do you mind if I, you know, come in and take a look at your machine? And I said, of course, you know, so he, we start sharing screens, right? He comes in and starts going to the control panel. I'm like, oh no, you're not. And he goes to control panel and then, you know, windows update. I'm like, don't, please don't do that. Because <laughs> I had just checked windows update, right? I literally just checked the updater and there was yeah. nothing there. He goes in there and he checks the update and sure enough, there's an update. And he said, what do you think if we apply this update and restart your machine? <laughs> and then, of course, that, that solved the entire problem. I fixed it. Good. Computers. Well, so, Rob, you just have to go get a job at Apple, get them to fix your Mac, and then, I know, and then I, you're good. You can I, work at the Genius Bar. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. It's a Friday. It's like end of a long week. I'm a little bit fried and loopy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Okay. Random I will subject. say I have a... Sorry, I was going to say, I, I, do, I have an older 15-inch MacBook Pro, and if mm -hmm. there's one thing that will kill it, it's not doesn't happen all the time, but if there's one thing that will kill it, it's unplugging it from the external monitor. Like, oh, right. 90% of the time, when I, if it's going to die, that's what does it. 
Yeah, like what is happening? Like, is it this is like an energy loss, or are there like little gremlins yeah, running weird. around? Like, oh my god, you know, like we have to wait for them to come back. You know, no gremlin left behind. I, what are you doing in there? I swear, video. The the three things that all computers are terrible about: video drivers, printing, and I feel like USB hubs too. Like in general, like especially Windows. My my desktop machine, I've got like a few hubs. I have a thousand USB devices. Windows does not like that. Wait, John? Um, yes. John, are you still there? John, I think you're on mute. Uh, I can't hear you. I can't, I can't hear you. I'm sorry. What? I see a, a video monitor. <laughs> it shows waveforms. I can oh, tell shoot. you're messing with me. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, like printers, printers are still bad. I have a printer oh, and you, God, can, yeah. you can email to it. Like I don't print, right? Because I'm, you know, a nerd, but like... My family wants to print things, apparently. And, like, I got this printer in HP. You can at least email. So I have a, an email address, which I'm tempted to say on the phone and people could on, on the call. And people could email <laughs> my printer. It's like, but it is, it's pretty neat. It works. But everyone's like, I don't want to do that, you know. That's like the 2020 version of a fax. Like, I'll just email you this document that your printer it's will true. print out. But it is a good way to get people off my back. They're like, I have a report due. I can't do it. I'm like, just email it to the printer. I'm like, okay. You, know. you just fa- email it to the printers. Then you like, just fax me. <laughs> oh my God. We've come yeah. so far, so far. And video devices. Let me tell you about video devices. Because we've been doing stuff with, like, because of the remote thing. And, and my team, you know, working with community.net things and, and we have this uh, community stand-up show we do and so we're using obs but obs is complicated and then we have more and more shows splitting off and more and more people hosting but we not all of them have fancy computers and fast internet and know how to use obs and stuff so so then we've been messing with other things on top of that and we set up a virtual machine with so that's pretty crazy we set up an azure virtual machine and they have a vm SKU. They have a VM that you can get that has NVIDIA, like access to the NVIDIA GPU. Um, and for some reason, they have like promotional pricing, so it's not very expensive. It's like a buck an hour. And then you can hook it up so that OBS is using the GPU and it's like GPU accelerated, super nice and stuff. And it actually works, but it's then it's still like a you need to get you need to control access to this virtual machine and you have to mm-hmm. like log in and apply updates and crap. So we've finally like we've settled on using some like services for that lately. We've been using StreamYard and Restream. And they have kind of like a web-based thing where you can kind of like we're using Zencaster now for like, you know, you call into it and it's all on a web page. This Restream and StreamYard are both very similar, but it's like you, your webcam shows up, your your microphone, your audio, like just are connected to it. And it's all like in a web page. And then you just click and you like add and remove people from the live feed and stuff. So, yeah, you know, the yeah. thing is I've, I've crawled really deeply into all of this stuff. I mean, I won't say that I know anything about OPS, sorry, OBS <laughs> uh, very much, but so no, it's one of the cool things that I started to do here at Microsoft is I'm working on the Learn TV backend. So I'm, I'm actually leading the engineering on that. It's really fun. I can't Whoa. believe. Yeah, I know. They asked me to do it. I'm like, what? You serious? Okay, sure. Um, what does that mean? What is what is this thing? Learn TV. Yeah. 
Well, you know, it's a well, good I'm partly less. I'm, I'm asking for I'm pretending to be You're, dumb, are, but I'm are also Are you giving dumb. me a toss here? Is I'm, the, I'm the ideal dumb guy because I actually am oh, dumb. Okay. Yes. No, so no, Learn TV is, uh, it's just the broadcasting from, from Microsoft. And it's kind of funny, you know, I feel like there's still exploration happening. What, what are we trying to do with it? And I'm not going to try and be the spokesman for it because I could probably get fired. However, <laughs> the idea so far is like, you know, a friend, uh, a friend of mine that I work with here, I'm working on it. He said, I love to listen to Twitch just over my shoulder and it's always running. And if I hear something interesting, I'll stop what I'm doing and listen. And so I tried to explain to a friend of mine that way just the other day. And I said, you know, how you listen to NPR or someone listen to music or whatever. You get tired of music, you turn on something else and to have something just running in the background that pertains to what you're doing every single day is kind of neat. You know, you just kind of hear tidbits of things. And, and so anyway, Learn TV is, is sort of trying to be that and a little bit more. And so they're trying to bang it into shape. But for right now, we're trying to do the next rev of it. So they've asked me to step in and help out. So I am. And uh, it's kind of fun to step into the streaming world because wow, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. There's so much happening out there. And, and to dig into all these things. And I, I'm not even going to pretend I know what's going on. The person I'm working with, Eric St. Martin, he is, he is, he's amazing. He, he, I guess, built the Comcast switcher, like for Comcast. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> like he designed and, and, and implemented it. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's crazy when you work in like places like Microsoft or wherever, you know, like these big mm-hmm. tech companies and you talk to the people you work with and they're like, oh yeah, you know, I, oh, yeah, I wrote created, that spec. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I created Kubernetes. Yeah. I mean, that happened to me at Build. That happened to me at Build when someone said, hey, you should have this person come talk about Kubernetes. I'm like, well, who is he? And they're like, well, he's the guy that made it. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, is he cool? Like hanging out at a Microsoft thing? And they're like, dude, dude, he wor- he works for us. I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> I know. He spoke yesterday at they did the .NET Conf focus on microservices. And his talk was like super I mean, it was just really low key and fun. I mean, I guess he's probably spoken about microservices more than once, you know. Mm-hmm. But his his talk was just—it was like, no, it was just fun, right. you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's fun, and I don't mean to sit here and gloat about all this stuff. It's it, it's just to me, I'm like a kid in a candy shop. It's really fun. So. Well, that's blah, that's blah. cool. So yeah. so yeah, the the engineering for that's got to be pretty interesting, huh? Yeah. Well, he does all the streaming stuff in the back end, and I have no idea what's going on with that. I'm I'm more involved with uh, other aspects of it, but he'll he'll tell me like he'll pop into Slack and he'll be like, "Hey, you know, here's what we're gonna do," and or here's what I'm thinking of doing. I'm like, "Sure, <laughs> whatever you think, man." That's yeah. Great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For those I'm- of you wondering, I just really want to quickly say this: we have clearance to do this open source, so we are going to make it open and. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say that. I might get in trouble for it, but well, that's what we're going to do. Awesome. It's too bad this isn't live streamed itself. You could get fired live on the podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that would probably be the feather in my cap that I need. <laughs> yeah. It's it's pretty interesting, the whole like live and definitely this year with the remote stuff. You know, I some of my experience with this, I work with, with Hank uh, Bullman on work kind of behind the scenes, helping with the producing for Juneteenth Conf. So we mm-hmm. just, and, and it was really cool. Like we used StreamYard for it and it was like, just, you know, we're the back end producers, mic check people. Okay. You're set to go and boom. And, and StreamYard was like, after having done OBS is great, but it's definitely the, 
it's like Photoshop level. There's a, a million mm. knobs and switches and you can, you can do anything you want with it, but you, it's, it's not, it's, there's a lot of like touch that button and the whole broadcast ends. And yeah, and if someone described it to me as the PHP of online broadcasting. <laughs> Pretty fair. Like <laughs> you can do anything with it. It powers. <laughs> it's everywhere, and it's it works. But it's yeah. So I and then it's it's pretty I cool will, seeing these services that kind of automate. You know, yeah. Sorry, no. I just have to caveat that with this is something I heard. Microsoft's official stance is not that. <laughs> it, it was just something I heard online, and someone was talking about it. So. It's and it's it's also one of those things where probably like PHP, once you've learned it, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of a sunk cost Stockholm syndrome thing. But it's like <laughs> now you like it because you've put in all the work to learn it, you know. Well, and it, the fascinating thing about it is like PHP and PHP applications. Like if you need to get streaming and online fast, boom, you're up. You know what I mean? Yep. You're like, yep. Anyway, Kevin, I'm sorry, you're going to say something. I'm- I'm not sure I've ever heard it's the PHP of ever intended as a compliment. (laughs) Well, it's funny, but PHP is still all over the place on the web. You know, I mean, it's, it powers a lot of forums, powers WordPress, powers hurting.com. If you want to, if you want to get up and running and doing something quickly, I mean, there, there really is no alternative to PHP based applications. I mean, that's my argument. Although GitHub pages is pretty close. It's getting there. That's for sure. <laughs> it's interesting too. seeing they're kind of, you know, scooping things together now, like with, I don't know. I mean, there's GitHub pages and there's GitHub actions and stuff like that. You really could cobble a lot of things together. I mean, that I, I feel like that's kind of something I'm seeing too lately is like the many platforms kind of bundled together. I don't know. Partly I'm thinking about this because like with work stuff, I, so I was mentioning we do this ASP.NET community standup, and then we've also helped with .NET Foundation. We were like, hey, you guys have a bunch of meetups running around the world, and if you want to live stream them, here's how, here's the stuff we did. You know, we can kind of share it over to you, and you can, you know, run your meetups as live streams worldwide. You know, and all this stuff. There's also like a good amount of admin where it's like, okay, someone needs to schedule a show. That means you need to notify someone. That means you need to create a stream and you need to put it in meetup and, and, you know, there's all these steps and stuff. So we've on our team been automating some things using power automate. It used to be called Microsoft flow and it's a lot of kind of plugging stuff together. So it's like when you fill in a form, it adds a row into SharePoint and then it sends an email and then it puts a, planner task and it assigns it to a person. And then if the task is overdue, it sends an, you know, and like all this stuff, it's mm-hmm. kind of like these blocks that you hook together. And before, before we started, you know, the podcast, Kevin was reminding me that's basically Yahoo pipes. Um, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a problem. But, but you really can do quite a bit, you know, the whole kind of no code thing. And there's always, you know, like the, if this, then that, and there's the, you know, like it is, it is interesting to be able to share, you know, and, and I feel like if you're doing a bunch of stuff, hooking a bunch of like Microsoft office sort of things together, this mm-hmm. is better than a bunch of like PowerShell scripts or I don't know how else you'd do it, you know, <laughs> just to kind of yeah. hook things together. It is. You know, I was just having a big argument, not an argument, but like a, a back and forth is the best way to put it with a friend of mine about 
about all of these things, like, oh, I'm not going to give away the context because it doesn't really matter, but they're just like, you know, this is like the best part of computing. You know, we can do serverless, we can do these lambdas, we can do, you know, like pushing like net, like talking about Netlify and pushing the Jamstack stuff. And like, it's great. I mean, I do agree. It's great. And Kevin, I don't know if you're going to disagree with me on any of this or maybe you won't, but there's like, there's, you get to a point where you're like, ah, you know, I, I, the only analogy I can come up with is like, wow, that ocean is beautiful. I'm going to go swim in it. And then you get in and you realize that just under the surface is like this load of coral, not coral, but like a kelp, right? And it's like, you're just wrapped around in kelp and you're like, I can't move. <laughs> There's like so much stuff happening, you know? And I'm yeah. like, oh, and I just kind of went through this with a project I was working on. I'm like, wait, where's that function and what is it doing? Oh, right. Well, we have to upgrade the node version on that one because that one's going to expire, but this other one's okay. You know, like, oh God. Kills yeah. Me. Yep. Where And so this is kind of more the like, as a service sort of thing, like it's, it's more serverless applied to the serverless sort of idea applied to business process automation -y things, you know, yeah. it's like, I don't know. Yeah. This is, this has been sort of a fascinating trend for me. Cause like coming out of college, you know, a thousand and one years ago, I, the first company I worked for was a, what was then known as BPM business process management company, which was essentially a no code, low code, development platform, right? So it was a graphical workflow modeler where you would, you know, drag these blocks and connect them and you can, you know, make decisions and kind of like model a data flow. And there were, you know, queues where people could connect and find work. And so like, you know, this is, this is sort of like old hat to me. And then, you know, we had Yahoo Pipes, which is sort of a very early version of that kind of thing. And then it all kind of I don't know. I don't want to say it went backward, but it kind of went simpler with the like, if this and that Zapier stuff, where it was really literally like a, it was almost like a top to bottom script, but you were very limited in the flexibility. And now, you know, now there's this like sort of renaissance, not everybody would agree it's a renaissance, but you know, this kind of, if you look at the like companies that are being funded, startup companies are being funded, there's been this whole raft of these no code, low code platforms mm -hmm. Um, which mm -hmm. are basically like, you know, sort of graphical, you know, business application builders where you can model workflows by, you know, connecting services together in a graphical way. So, I mean, it's one of those things where like, I've, I've been kind of eyeing this space. I haven't really looked that much at the current offerings out there, but I've kind of always, always kept an eye on it because of my, you know, original background. And, you know, there there's always have been problems with this kind of approach, right? You know, eventually things get so complicated and then you, you know, you don't have yeah, source control and you up, can't right? diff and like yeah. it's, you, you do tend to hit some complexity walls, but it is, I think it is an interesting space. And, you know, when you pile on like serverless stuff where you can like basically run these applications for extremely cheaply on somebody else's infrastructure, mm. it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. And, you know, it's, it's, there's always been this sort of like, you know, there's, there's kind of like the Excel world, right? Where like, you know, which is, you know, programming for non-programmers basically. And then there's the coding world and this is in between. And it's never, it's, it's always kind of struggled to like break through. I feel like, like it doesn't, it doesn't break through all the way to the, to the people who aren't really coders. 
Um, mm-hmm. And and yeah, the coders sort of look down on it. So it has always been stuck in this little bit of a valley, I feel like. But it'll be interesting to see whether this iteration of it, you know, gets any legs. It's a, you know, that whole kind of like, the problem with a lot of this, like you're saying, is it doesn't, it's not a smooth continuum. It's kind of like you can work with, you know, Excel, or you can work with like a block Blockly style programming. You get to a certain point and then it just gets like horrendous. And then you basically have to rewrite to move to something better, you know, or I mean, in the past there was also access, right. You know, or whatever, there's these things where these businesses are, man, I worked on a, a project a long time ago and it was moving, basically moving, uh, union union software and so it was like you know relatively big schools and you know all kinds of government institutions and healthcare and they and they were running their ops and hr systems on excel and we moved them into a system that was managed it was based on an open source hr system and it was horrendous because i wrote a lot of the data import stuff and it was these ridiculous sql scripts you know to like and and i remember one there was one thing where it was like things were keyed uh, unique keyed on first name last name and so then everyone had multiple rows in this table and they just added ones and twos and threes to the last names and so i had to dedupe all these you know like that kind of stuff but but you know so i guess i guess what you're pointing out kevin is the whole like if there's a way to move more smoothly between these worlds, that would be nice. And one one thing actually that I saw on this just last night, Gene Kim shared this uh, a tweet. Uh, it's a blog post from Jeff Sternberg, and he's talking about his he's recommending that instead of using spreadsheets like Excel, to use Jupyter notebooks or something like it. And and, you know, he talks about, like, here's all the limitations you run into when you run a business on Excel. And something like Jupyter Notebooks can grow up better than that. I don't know if Jupyter Notebooks, I don't feel like Jupyter Notebooks is friendly or simple enough that a somebody that, you know what I mean? Like a, a small business can jump into Excel and just start getting stuff done in a way that you can't <laughs> with Jupyter Notebooks. But maybe that's like the start of an idea, you know? Like for instance, Google Sheets too. Like whatever you know, how do you how do you make Google Sheets like show as code and 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 go to the next thing? You know, I'm trying to think. There have it seems like there have been some things that do that better, where you can you can start, you can go to a certain level with the kind of easy easy mode, and then you can say, show me my code, and now I'll extend it and change it over. And any thoughts? No, it's it's a it's a. I'm, I'm not thinking of anything <laughs> like that, but I, I mean, I, I know what you're. I, I understand the concept of like. Yeah. You, know, you need to get when you need to take it to the next level of sophistication. Like, how do you do that mm-hmm. without having to throw away and start over, basically? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think know. that I definitely think there's a there's possibilities there. I'm just not sure anybody's cracked that nut yet. Hmm. I don't know. I I just was having a really fun discussion with a friend of mine about WordPress. And so here's my situation, right? So I've got literally 45 videos, um, all based on imposter handbook stuff and interviewing and just blah, 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 blah. Right. And, you know, 
these are some high value videos, at least to me. And I think people can find value in these videos. And so my problem is I need a way to get these videos in front of people. And mm -hmm. so, you know, then, then your brain starts to explode with like, what can you do? Right. And so I've gone all over the place. I've, I've checked out learning management platforms. I've, you know, like Podia and Teachable and I mean, you name it, I've gone there. Uh, Kajabi is another one I looked mm -hmm. at. I mean, all of these are really, really cool. And, you know, the whole time I'm trying to focus on what what is it I'm trying to do? What's the business angle here? What's the payoff? And eventually, like, I always come down to, like, uh, like my thing is I want least friction between the person and the video, right? And And... For some, I want to charge money because some of them are like five hours long, right? So I charge for them, and but I want to make it. I want to make it like they feel good about it, and it's just not like me being cheesy and whatever. And I just want to make it feel like a really good experience. And so eventually, I, I come down to the technology angle. What am I going to use? And then that's where just everything explodes, you know, because yeah. you roll your own, right? And then we're having these discussions, right? So. You know, you, you got to know analytics. You got to know all this other crap. You got to know so many things about what's happening, how you're going to charge this person, how you're going to make them feel like they didn't get gypped off. You know, you want to send them an email based on their purchases and communicate with them. And it, it's easy to see why someone just goes with WordPress mm -hmm. because, like, with the installation of a few plugins, you're off and running. A year from now, on the other hand, you know, you're going to be pulling your hair out because things are broken and not working. <laughs> so, I don't know. I think about this every time I have a, a discussion with somebody about, you know, technology and functionality, what should we do, which even comes back to the discussions I'm having now internally about what we're going to do with uh, Learn TV. I, we're not going to use WordPress, by the way. Aww. But, you know, but seriously, like it, I did post this to somebody on the team. Like if we just had a WordPress site where we could post videos <laughs> every hour, talk mm -hmm. to me, like literally a curl script, like you're just going to post and redirect, post, redirect. Talk to me about what's better than that, you know? And like, I think that level of grounding, and again, I know people out there are going to be like, oh my God, Connery is an absolute idiot. Uh -huh. However, however, like I feel like WordPress has one great use in this world, which is to be the touchstone experience in terms of what people out in the internet, you know, or out in the world expect from technology because they have managed to capture that. You know uh -huh. what I'm saying? Like, a business person or whomever has an idea, they can implement it in WordPress probably within, I would say within a week and probably within three to five days or last three to five hours if, you know, it's, it's simple enough. It's anyway. like the Excel, it's the Excel of the web, you know, it is. I mean, like it totally is. <laughs> and, and some of the things like I've, I've kept, and it's been partly an experience just cause I want to learn and understand it, but we've had the herding code website running on WordPress since the beginning. And aside from the fact that PHP is a fascinating platform when you get hacked, because you can override things at some really interesting levels. <laughs> That's um, right. But, but they have done a pretty good job with some things. For one thing, they've continued to improve the upgrade experience. So now it auto updates and it auto updates with like security features in, in a pretty good way. The, the extension model, I feel like, is pretty good. Like, there's some pretty good hooks. And I wrote an extension. There was a problem where FeedBurner could only, like, 
FeedBurner would only accept a certain number of a certain feed size and then it would just choke. And so I went in and modified, I wrote an extension or WordPress, add an extension, whatever you call it, that would, for the, the latest like 50 posts, it would grab the entire thing. And then for the all the other ones in the history, it would just grab a, a truncated, you know, like it would truncate them at 100 words or something. And I mean, it, it was like, it took a little time to like understand the model, but then I was like, oh, this is actually pretty elegant, you know, <laughs> and they have a pretty good system for like versioning and marking extensions being tested with certain updates. PHP itself, like is not a beautiful language to me, but like, it's, mm-hmm. you're not, you're not writing PHP when you're developing WordPress, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like. I feel like we've probably tuned, made a lot of people tune out. Yeah, everyone's talking <laughs> about. Well, uh, so talking about WordPress again. <laughs> you know, Rob, when you're do, you're talking about like WordPress that you've done, is it mostly just configuring sites, or are you like extending and writing PHP stuff? And well, no, I I have I won't. I mean, I I, I shouldn't say it like that. I only have I only have so Hell much no. le- left in my brain, like. I feel like PHP, PHP is a universe and a different way of thinking. And I think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I just, if I start down that path, I, I probably will get lost in the forest. So yeah. I, forever will uh, it dominate I, your destiny. Correct. Yes. Forever <laughs> will it dominate. Right. Exactly. Oh God. So no. So what I'm doing now is I'm just literally, I'm trying to come up with ways to put videos in front of people. And so that's, yeah. yeah. you know, and so I've, I've gone with, I actually made a Nuxt app, you know, that and it works okay but then it's it's interesting because like i was able to get the functionality of this next app up and going fast like you know next video and what are you watching and i've got it was really beautiful i mean like it came together really well mm-hmm. but then but then it's like well okay cool so we've got we've got to you know uh, 0.01 you know the next part is like well what are people watching how often are they watching it you know, and like, what, what about an RSS feed? What about, you know, like these Twitter cards? What about blah, 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 Like on and on and on, you start getting into marketing and like, oh my God. And then you just yeah. realize like, I don't want to do any of this. And then like search functionality. And what about like having like maybe just a partial thing where someone can watch the first 20 seconds and then you turn it off. Like, oh God, spare me from this. And then, of course, you go on WordPress. It's like, hey, here's a plugin for you know Vimeo that only show the first thirty seconds unless they're part of your membership site. Like, wait, how yeah. did you? How do you? Oh, right, because you run half the or third of the freaking internet. Of course, you you know. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Orchard Rob is Orchard still a thing? <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, it's Kevin? funny. I mean, or- Orchard Orchard's still plugging away. Oh, yeah. but dump bump. <laughs> Well, so, but I mean, I don't think Orchard now, Orchard Core is at all related to. Well, you said plugin. You said plugin, so I had to. Uh, Yes. Yes, you did your own dad joke and didn't even realize it. (laughs) Yeah, no, uh, I'm sure Orchard would probably be a. I'll investigate that later. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Kevin. (laughs) Sure. I know Bertrand's probably listening right now going, oh. Never mind. I can't swear. In, can't swear in French, and I won't bother because like bothers him more if I try. Good stuff. Yeah, I mean, I guess that is part of the thing. Like the the whole plugin model is just pretty amazing, right? It's like 
that is a reason why WordPress works so well. And that's a reason why a lot of languages get super popular. Like, you know, I don't know. I'm just thinking around like NPM and, you know, I mean, well, you know, it's funny. You bring up WordPress to people and they're like, oh my God, it's such a pile of stinking crap, which I'm not going to debate. At the same time, you know, like a lot of people will say, oh, it's so insecure. You know, like it's, it's this structured, really simple platform that is hackable, which it is. It's insecure because blah, blah, blah. It's so they, it's interesting to me, they make the next logical leap, which is, well, therefore PHP and WordPress must suck. You know, and then my counter to that is, Dude, this thing runs a third of the freaking web, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be under a just crazy amount of attack, right? So, if .NET ran a third of the damn web, you could yeah. be you could be guaranteed you will find every single hack possible to get into whatever platform you're using. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like, I mean. Yeah, I don't want to go too off on that, but it, to me, that's important it, to to keep, Your surface to keep that area. perspective. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Not again. I sound like a total WordPress, you know, advocate right now. I'm not. <laughs> I just I look at this like I feel like as technology people, there's there is a split brain kind of thing happening here where, you know, we as software people look up down on WordPress. You know, software people, whatever. Call them. I don't know. We have this like subset of people who are who are doing Ruby and Python Node. .NET, et cetera, right? And you're like, oh God, WordPress, you know, you know, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not going to touch that. That's horrible. But yet WordPress is the dominant thing. And I, I've yeah. never, I, for the last few years, I've never really understood that. And I, and I really feel I, like it's important for everybody to do that. I, I just really am impressed with how they've continued to like grow up as a platform and move from like, there was a time five or more years ago where I was always worried about getting hacked. And now like every time I log in, it's automatically updated. I There's a few extensions you install, I put Cloudflare on it and it's like, I don't worry about it, you know? And it just, it scales pretty well. And it's like, I don't, so I guess that's, I feel like that's a success story as a, as a open source platform to have evolved that well. Like their release management mm-hmm. is just solid, you know? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yes. You know. Yes, we talk about cutting edge technology here on Earth. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Excel. <laughs> what do we talk about? Excel, WordPress. <laughs> Yahoo what, what's next? <laughs> what is fun, Eric, the guy I'm working with, Eric St. Martin, we were talking about doing this streaming thing and and he and he was, you know, he was just gushing about all this technology. And he's like, you know what? If we're gonna do that, we have to learn Rust. I don't know. And I'm like, mm. yes. <laughs> I just jumped out of my chair, like anything to learn Rust. And, you know, it's like in the back of my mind and like, what, what is that going to serve again? <laughs> you know? I read some things that Microsoft is using Rust more. I don't really know much. I've already said more than I understand, but <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I have read like, I mean, I guess for, for system level stuff, it's, mm-hmm. it's better for writing safe code. That's about all. Let's just those are words I feel. Those are yes. words I feel mostly confident about saying. I don't understand yeah, why. And there, are, there are hundreds of developers getting out of their seat right now, walking yeah. to their boss's office, going, "John Galloway says uh, that's right. Rust makes things safer." You know, it'll be interesting. That's some. We should like maybe try and get someone on to, that knows Rust to talk about that because it's. Sure. But I, I have I read some sort of thing, and it was like. I don't know. 
Yeah. <laughs> I read a thing. <laughs> There's a, a person in my group at Microsoft. His name is Ryan Levick, and he was on the Wonderlist team. And uh, he is our local Rust expert. He runs Rust meetups in Berlin. He's an amazing guy, and I hate him because his voice, oh, he's got one of these voices. It's like just dripping silk, just deep. Mm. I don't know. It's just, uh, first time I talked to him, I said I hated him. It was, All right. You know, it's like, hi, I'm Ryan. I hate you. Put him on the call. Right now? Yeah, He's in no, Berlin. I don't know. Uh, yeah, right. What What is Rust's package manager? Everybody's got to have a package manager. Cargo. Cargo, that's right. I installed mm. it at one point for something and then have not since. Yeah, mm. I don't know. It's good stuff. I, 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 the only thing I know about Rust is, <laughs> well, one, is that Cargo is bucket manager, but two is that somebody, I forget who it was, wrote a shell in Rust. God, oh. now I'm for, totally blanking on the name, and it's going to piss me off. Hold on one sec. Googling. Yeah, we all Googling. have to look it up. Oh, yeah. New Shell, it's called. <laughs> and I was it's intrigued by it because, so, it, I never really took to PowerShell. I mean, I can kind mm -hmm. of fumble my way through it, but I always kind of hated the 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 verbosity of it and the kind of weird syntax. But I did like the object orientation of it, I guess. You know, the fact that the things that go flow through the pipeline are mm -hmm. objects and not just text. Yeah. That was like the killer feature. So New Shell is has that philosophy where, you know, you're you're piping objects between yeah. You know, different operators and functions. Yeah, I'm um, looking but, at it now. It's interesting. But without the kind of arcane syntax that, that PowerShell uses. So it's I funny it was that pretty neat. As I'm looking at the sample code here, so it's GitHub, New Shell, New Shell, N-U-S-H-E-L-L. And it's like, uh, it's funny because PowerShell does have a lot of aliases that are similar to this. So like LS pipe something or other would work in PowerShell too. But you have to know the things, you know. I don't know. Yeah, that's neat. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Cool, cool. Yeah. I guess, you know, one other thing, just, you know, as far as newish or on the way things, there's, there's .NET 5, .NET 6. So I guess... .NET 6? You know, Wait, what? I, okay, so .NET 5 due out in November, and then .NET 6 is the LTS, the long-term support version due out in 2021. And and so the idea is they're having similar to like Node and Ubuntu and stuff that the like this, I don't know, kind of a guaranteed release schedule so that people can plan on it. And then they went with instead of people were confused, like we actually did have people that mixed up because there's .NET framework 4.8 and .NET core 3. People were like, oh, the new, the highest version number must be the right one. So they would use .NET Framework 4.8 instead. So anyhow, that's they were just like, nope, it's all .NET. It's .NET 5, then .NET 6, .NET whatever. So and originally there were like some neat features that were going to be in .NET 5, but because of just COVID and changing stuff around schedule-wise and things, some of that stuff is now in .NET 6. So yeah, I'm just, the, I don't know, it's neat. I, I keep an eye on they're they're doing they keep doing neat stuff with intrinsics hardware intrinsics which like blows my mind to see like they'll they'll optimize stuff in the compiler so like it's doing all kinds of like it's just using all these features that have apparently been in 
you know, the, the chipsets for a while, but you have to like write some smart assembly code to actually use them. So, so that's kind of cool. So I have a purely hypothetical question, which is not hypothetical at all, which is, you know, we have a, we have a application, one of our applications is written in .NET Framework 4 and, you know, hosted on Windows and I would love to have it not be someday. You know, what is the, what is the migration path for .NET Framework, you know, ASP.NET MVC kind of applications? Is that hugely painful? Is it, are there, you know, conversion tools? What? Well, so a lot of it is, it depends. There's, there's not like a run a tool and it'll update your, your thing. If you're using MVC, it's a lot, it's generally smoother, but it depends how much you've customized stuff. So like if you've done action filters and you've written, you've like, you know, hooked into a lot of stuff in the pipeline. And especially if you're using like the identity system, then like all those are areas where they, they change over time. The actual like model view and controller thing, those are probably the least likely, you know, those have changed the least. Like Razor as a language hasn't changed that much. And, you know, the controllers are pretty similar. So it's more the kind of guts and internals where you could override and extend stuff. Those are those are the cases I've talked to, you know, people where it's like, oh, you're kind of screwed. You know, like, so... I, I don't know so if that makes is, sense. This is not a not a case where I can like open my project in Visual Studio 2021 and it like you know magically works. No, no, not really. Damn it. Yeah, so it's like a you know there's definitely there is a migration guide out in the in the ASP.NET docs where they like talk through here are the steps you do and it really depends on like how well factored it is like the service code. You can you can use .NET standard and you can like you know that migrates over pretty cleanly because it's just .NET is .NET code but um, it's more the it, really a lot of it is the startup and hosting stuff so like there's no more global ASAX there's no more web config all the configuration and startup stuff have changed around and then some other things get simpler because there's dependency injection like just it's built into everything so that simplifies some stuff where before you know you had to you had to configure all that sort of stuff so but it's it's hard there's not like a simple one size fits all because mvc is like there are a lot of different ways people used mvc you know there's not like a canned answer for it really i don't know if that's helpful but you know you know what i'm saying you could you could override the view engine you could override the you know, stuff about, you know, you could have complex stuff set up with, with dependency. You could have action filters. You could have, you know, custom, I don't know, action invokers and all kinds of things that are already escaping my brain now. So. Well, so it's right about an hour. Do you think we should kind of wrap up here? We haven't picked on Kevin enough. It's mm, nice. All right. Well, I have no idea how we can wrap this up, so I think we should end up with a knock-knock joke. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Knock-knock. <laughs> I, I got a good one. Knock-knock. Oh, good. Who's there? Smell mop. And that's all the time we have this week. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. It's like the biggest and oldest dad joke. For, you, you guys have heard that one, right? I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> You've never heard smell mop? 
Are you no. going to cut this out? John, you can't cut this out. Smell Mop is probably one of the best jokes ever. Smell Mop who? Yeah, there you go. That's gross, John. I can't I can't believe you actually said it. That's really gross. We're going to get kicked off the internet if we have that and a podcast that includes PHP, WordPress. Yeah, it's true. I, I yeah. have to agree with that one. I think, yeah. I think I, to balance this out, we need to end with... with like maybe an English accent in some like, you know, some like, what is it? Da, 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 da. You know, some like, you know, erudite music. You mean like talk about Brexit? <laughs> Wonderful. All right. Sorry, folks. Well, <laughs> our, 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 I promise our Q3 podcast will be better. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, since I'm cutting a chunk out, I'm just going to cut all that out. <laughs> You should start. You should start the whole podcast with that. That's, that's right. <laughs> it's well. This cut. has been a well. This has been a fascinating discussion. Hopefully, the next time we talk, <laughs> it will be an even more fascinating discussion, and and I will not be wearing a mask the entire podcast. Okay. All right. All right. My name is Small Mop. <laughs> All right, See John, dissolved. when we have our dissolved. when we have our subscription program, this is the kind of material that's we can right. For that's our right. Subscriber. Yeah. No, I think people will pay to exclude it. They will pay more to not have this portion. And no. maybe the podcast will be hosted on WordPress at that. Oh wait a minute! It already is. No, it already is. Yep. Wonderful. All right. Sorry. All right. Bye everyone. That's wonderful. Thanks everyone. I will now stop recording. Smell mop. <laughs>